A trade update for tyre power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's Watt, Dwayne's Watt for Kangan Institute. Unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enroll now. Josh Jenkins about to join me for a trade update from Tyre Power, number one on the tyre trades table. There's been one trade today. Biggie Newen has moved from Richmond to North Melbourne for pick 65. Josh Jenkins is about to be part of Trade Radio, and uh, he's on the line now before he starts his shift. Welcome to you, Josh. Great to have you on. Thanks, Dwayne. It's uh, a pleasure to be back on with you, and... Um, apologies. I'm well. I'm about to apologise for not being in the studio, but uh, uh, I am just making my way down the uh, city side of the Westgate. Something you've done many, many times. Yes, yeah. um, it does get you. Was there a let me guess? Truck breakdown on the Westgate, or someone's uh, had a had a little bingle and it's caused that one-hour journey to be two hours? Uh, no, just the uh, the Jenkins family uh, children <laughs> have just decided to hold me up and. I was trying to catch a little extra of this uh, uh, quite unique NFL game between the Bills and the Giants as well. So, no, it's my own fault. No traffic issues as yet. Have you reassessed who's going to win the NFL, given the results again today? Well, I am a, I'm a strong Bengals fan, and people wanted to write them off a couple of weeks ago, and they're starting to turn the corner. Joe Burrow's starting to look better and better. He's had four seasons in the NFL, has had no off-season at all. He had COVID, then he had a ruptured ACL, then he lost his appendix and this year he had a torn calf and he just finds a way each and every year. I call him Baby Brady. So I'm going to stick with Joe Burrow and my Bengals. I'll keep getting better and better and better. Well, uh, just for those that want an update, if you don't want an update, then turn your radio down. But uh, I think the Buffalo Bills are about to take the lead here with about four minutes to go. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep in touch with that. Josh, um, one trade so far, Biggie Newen. He's got a bit of an upside. We haven't really seen much of him at Richmond. No, we haven't. And uh, I'll tell you what, he was probably uh, destined to, to receive some more chances and some more opportunity if he had a stuck around. But clearly, North Melbourne have been able to sell him on a, on a, on a dream and he, he takes up that opportunity. So that's that's what this time of the year is all about, isn't it? Teams sell opportunities and sell dreams and sell visions to players and players either buy in or they don't. And he's clearly bought into what the North Melbourne crew have sold him. And I guess the proof will be in the pudding next year and beyond. Anything else you expect to be done this afternoon, given that it has been a, a fairly light day so far? Yeah, well, we've, we've had days where it's been either flat out or, or really, really quiet. We haven't had too much in between. We had a day last last week where there were seven or eight deals done and it was very, very frantic. But um, I guess we're just monitoring Radigalia and the standoff between the Cats and the Power. We are, we're interested in the, in the Dersma, Sir uh, Thatcher situation, the like-for-like trade. We don't see the player-for-player trades. Uh, so we're, we're, we're monitoring those two moves and I'm still I'm still really now whether it happens or not I think we can still uh, discuss it I'm still expecting one or two plays to be made for, for pick number one in the draft I, I actually don't expect it to be moved but I do think North Melbourne will make one last play I was reading that the Hawks made a made a play across the weekend which was unsuccessful so uh, I, I expect that to be the, the most topical
physical element over the last couple of days of trade period before we wind it all up on Wednesday night. Yeah, I expect uh, I expect there'll be a play for, for number one pick. I think there's a number of clubs just trying to get all their ducks in a row, and I hope that does happen, a bit of action in the last 48 hours. By the way, I was correct. Josh Allen's just thrown for a touchdown, and the Bills have taken the lead with, I think, 340 left uh, in that game, so they could still lose the lead in the closing minutes. This trade update for tyre power, number one on the tyres trade table. Uh, I know you're not working for the Cats anymore, but have you got any intel on Radicalier and Port Adelaide and how they're going? No, it's been uh, radio silence, Dwayne. I don't know what's going on. I spoke at length about it last week. Chris Scott is unashamedly in love with the Sava and, and the club has put a lot of uh, time and, and resource into getting him to this point. But I think ultimately there's no doubt that Sava would, would be comfortable to stay. Uh, it's not one of those situations where... He's, he's out at all costs. I think if Port Adelaide weren't as uh, interested in him as they are, I think he'd be very, very happy to stay because he, he knows the coaching group um, rate him and, and really try and make sure he plays in that team more often than not. But uh, I guess the discrepancy has to be in the contract and the, the length of contract and the, and the money per year as well. So... Uh, I think the Cats are, are playing hardball because they can and because they know that uh, he is comfortable there. And, and sometimes, you know, there is no real upside to, to doing the deal early. You may as well just hold off and hold off and hold off. But I think ultimately when one party's offering uh, a lot more financially than the other, you probably need to let the young man uh, go and and, uh, and test the waters and see how good he can be for someone else. Collect a draft pick and use that as best you can. And before I let you go, what do you? How do you assess what a ruck's worth, Josh? Is the day of paying too much of your salary cap to a ruck dead and buried? Are they worth less? Is having two good rucks better than having one superstar? Uh, what? Where's your thinking on where we're headed with the ruck situation in AFL? I really, I really don't know because I mean it's a, it's a, it's such a it's such a, a difficult one to assess because Tim English comes onto the marketplace next year. If he if he tells the the market that he's li- he's keen to listen to offers, and I think every single club in the competition that doesn't have someone as good or better offers him eight, nine, hundred thousand, or a million dollars, right? I think I think everyone does. But then there's a, a, a large school of thought that that teams don't need uh, pricey ruckmen. I think at the moment, we did a little bit of research on this last week. The four highest-paid ruckmen uh, all play for either Melbourne or Fremantle. So you look at uh, Grundy, Gorn, Darcy and Jackson, they're all uh, the highest-paid ruckmen as, at our best guess, and they play for two clubs. Now, I know Grundy's going to be on the move again, but it's quite unique when you think about it in that sense. And then you go back over the past premiership teams, and I don't think... Uh, it tells you you have to have a dominant ruckman, but you have to have ruckmen who are who are very very competent, very competitive, and and probably can provide something a little bit different. You look at Cox and Cameron from this year. You look at Stanley and Blitzars from last year. They need to be combative enough, but they also need to be a little bit different and bring something different to the table. Each of them. And last one, I want your theory on whether Sydney has done themselves a favour or the whole competition a favour by putting out a massive offer for Aaron Norton that they probably knew wasn't going to get taken up 
and then the Bulldogs have to pay Aaron Norton more and chain him to a longer-term contract to keep him, and that maybe makes it tougher for the Dogs to keep Jamara Hagen or maybe makes it tougher for the Dogs long-term Again, they are chained so much, so heavily to one man. Yeah, well, it's interesting, isn't it? And it's quite similar to the discussions we've been having about, you know, making a bid for a, for a father-son prospect that you don't really have any interest in because, yeah. you know, you make that club pay a little bit more. I think I think there needs to be... I think, no doubt, there's, a, there's an element of that and making sure you hold that club to, to account. But for the most part, I think it's... You need to be willing to be, for, for lack of a better term, you need to be willing to be stuck with the player because if you make that call on Norton and and the dogs say, well, we're just not going to match that. Well, you're st- you're you you end up with Norton, so you need to be comfortable to to, to take uh, and 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 cop that deal and and be ha- and have him on your books for ten years at that sort of money. So I guess that's where it becomes a bit interesting. We might see the odd player every now and then uh, who gets bitted on as a father son prospect. Jordan Croft might be an example that 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 the club the dogs then say, well, he's, we don't rate him that highly in the draft, so we have to let him go. The only problem is a lot of the clubs make a commitment, a verbal commitment to these young guys saying that we will we will take you as a father-son. So it's very complex, but it is it is a real interesting level of how, how fierce these clubs want to be and how much they want to force uh, each other to pay top dollar or top tote for their players. Josh, there's been another deal done whilst you're trying to negotiate the Westgate-Fremantle have received a future first round selection, future first round selection and pick 34 from this year from Collingwood for Lockie Schultz. So a future first round selection. Uh, and given Collingwood are probably going to be up the top end, that will probably be, you know, a pick 16, 17, 18 next year, plus pick 34. So let's just call it pick 16 and 34 for Lockie Schultz. Do you think that's roughly fair? Uh, it's a good deal for it's a good deal for Collingwood. It's a really good deal for Collingwood. So, uh, and that's the way you should do it, Dwayne. That's very shrewd from you. Future first, future second. It sort of gets a bit lost in the wash, for lack of a better term, Dwayne. Yeah. So, uh, it's a, it's a good idea to try and put a number on that. Whenever you're doing a deal and you're talking about futures, try and put a number on that because that's where you look at Luke Jackson's deal. You say, oh, future first, Melbourne get Frio's future first. Who knows? Well, it ends up being pick six. So it's a massive. Uh, massive, mm. massive thing. So I think that's a good bit of business for for uh, for Collingwood. And um, if you force me to, to say who wins it, which is a bit foolish, but I'll say that's a very good deal for the Pies. Well, I'm not. You did say it, so uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't force you to say it, but I'm glad you did. Hey, <laughs> what does it mean for Jack Ginevan, though? Do you think they can fit them all in? Uh, well, I mean, t- uh, squads. Squads do win premierships. We saw that yep. with him this year, didn't we? Like, he wasn't a part of the, the 23 for, for a lot of the year. Then he was the sub for a month or so, and then he got his spot. So, squads do win premierships, but it'll be fascinating. I mean, from his own point of view, the individual's point of view, if he struggles to get a game next year and there's interest elsewhere, he probably should look at taking it up because uh, I, I'm firmly of the view, and I think everyone would be, you're better off playing AFL for the worst team in the league than you are playing VFL for the best team in the league. There's a very good bit of philosophy from you, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. Hey, I'll let you get into work. Uh, I really appreciate you joining us, Josh, and we'll talk soon. By the way, uh, the Giants are a chance to take the lead off the Bills here with two minutes left. They're pushing forward. Um, the field goal, the field goal won't do it. They trail 14-9, but gee, they're moving the sticks fairly quickly. So keep an eye on that when you get across the Westgate. We'll talk soon.
Thanks, Dwayne. I'll tune in. Josh Jenkins joining us for a trade update for tyre power, number one on the tyres trade table.